Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing Chips and Iron Fist, as well as discussing some of the latest trailers to come out and recapping Star Wars Rebels. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how are you doing, my friend? Dude, let me tell you something, Carlos. I, I told you that I had a surprise. I mean, it's really my surprise for myself. Okay. Um, but I'm doing pretty great, man. Okay. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, guys. I got free catering from Chipotle that's worth $240 for 20 people what? for free. Wait, why for free? <laughs> what happened? All right, here's the thing. Um, first of all, let me, tell you, let me tell you the story of how this all happened. And those of you guys who are wondering, bro, how the hell did you get it for free? Um, this is what happened. So there was like, I think they had like a reward system for like three months, starting in July, ending in September. And basically, if you went there, I think it was like, I don't know how many times, but anyways, if you went there a certain amount, access amount of times, I think it was like after every four purchases, you get like a free burrito. And um, then if you did that, you'd get like like every four purchases or something like that then you get like a if you went there for like a month and you got like a hat went there for like two months you got like an extra free burrito and then the third month if you went there a lot of a lot of the times when you got catering i went there for three months straight just to get catering three months straight (laughs) just to to get catering and i got the catering and i got this back in like september but i never used it and i was gonna use it I was gonna use it on my birthday, but I never my the, the plans for my birthday never really like didn't they just didn't come through together, so I, I didn't use it. I was gonna use it earlier this month, but the plans just really didn't come through, and the reward was gonna expire. So it mm-hmm. expires first. So I was just like, yo, I gotta get me some Chipotle because right now I'm hungry, and it's for free. So screw it. So I went to Chipotle. I called Chipotle. I was like, hey, can I get this catering? I, I got it for free, and they gave it to me. Bro, this thing was huge. Carlos, if you go on my Snapchat, for the, okay, those of you guys who want to go on my Snapchat, check it out. Ozzy320. Um, <laughs> this thing is huge. I had no idea what I was doing, bro. Like, I fed my mom, myself, a friend, a neighbor, and now I'm about to free, <laughs> feed three other people as soon as we're done recording this. Like, it's, it's that much food. It's to feed 20 people, and I got it today. It was crazy. I was like, I had no idea this was going to happen. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Um, I think my mom was mad at me earlier this week, too. And then when I like when I when I sent her a picture, I was like, yo, I hope you're not even more mad at me. She was like, she was dying. She was just well, she was like, how did you, she, she asked the same question as everybody. How did you get this much food? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. I had no idea it would be like humongous. I mean, those of you guys who have done catering before, this is my first time. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen this catering orders. Yeah, like, I'm like this is why I'm, I just lost it today. Uh, <laughs> it's like 20 people. Dude, this means 20 people. I was so, I was, this is so crazy. Um, hey, now you get to be God. like a, a, gener- a super generous, like, philanthropist and like, give people food and, you know, you're feeding so the thousands. Saying. Feeding the crowd. I've, I've feeding the crowd. I was like, yo, Chipotle, <laughs> take, 
take I'm not even I'm not even like charging this. <laughs> so that's why I'm doing great. I had like right. Chipotle. Mom had Chipotle. I'm hooking it up. Chipotle in my house. What's up? <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> you want you want to I mean, I don't I don't even know. Well, you know that's what Chipotle, you know what has Chipotle has that's good? What? Chips. Let's get into chips. Dude, they gave me like two huge bags. Oh my god. I'm gonna send you a picture. They gave me like two huge I, bags. I tried to transition to the movie and you just threw it right back. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's talk okay, about chips. Yes. Yes, let's talk about chips. Let's talk about chips. Oh. The down to my dad. All right, so chips, uh it's what's what's the main actor's name? I don't remember his name. Michael uh, Pena. Well, Michael Pena, yeah, but the the Dax, white guy. Dax Dak Shepard. Basically, they're one's a rookie on the police force on the highway patrol, and one of them is an undercover FBI agent or whatever um, in the force. And that's the setup for this movie. And whatever, it doesn't make too much sense once they get into the actual story. But I'm very curious. What were your thoughts of Chips, Ozzy? I laughed probably three times. Um, and that's a huge improvement from 2016's comedy, guys. Oh huge gosh. improvement. Um, it was. I mean, it was. It was bad. Uh-huh. I thought. I don't even know what positives to give it. Um, <laughs> Jeez. I got I mean, I really don't. I mean, I really don't know. Okay, I I will agree with you that there were, and I'm gonna spin what you said in a like a little bit more of a positive sense. Um, I thought that there were some moments that actually kind of got me. Now, did they kind of beat a dead horse when they kept going back to some of those some of those things that worked for me? Yes, they kept going back to. Um, for some reason, they made Michael Pena's character a sex addict, and some of those. Uh, and he was a huge. He was a dick. Uh, that, okay, that's gonna. I'm gonna mention that. Trust me. But they made Michael Pena's character a sex addict, and some of those jokes, like they they actually kind of made me laugh. But they kept going back to it and back to it and back to it, and it's like at that point, it's it's not funny anymore, <laughs> you know. Um, so I I don't know. What about do you have any other positives? I mean. Um, I mean, <laughs> Dak Shepard did pretty good. I mean, he played a nice guy. Um, uh-huh. I'm looking for this actress's name. Like, I'm trying to find her because I thought she did a pretty good job too. But yeah. I don't know. Like, they're not showing her like a picture. Mm-hmm. But she ends up like she's this young cop, and I thought she did a pretty good job. Um, she's she, she has like really short hair. I mean, I I don't know her name, so I really can't say. And it's not like I have a YouTube channel where I could just put like a picture of her up real quick but she did like she was she was an extra she was she wasn't really an extra she was like a supporting character she was in the third act uh she did a pretty good job i liked her character mm-hmm. um and vincent what's his name vincent um i'm trying to find his name real quick um I, I vincent or, or vincent d'onofrio i think he also okay. did a pretty nice job as well um, I look yes. like he was trying to have a. I look, I look like he was trying to have like a nice time being a bad guy. <laughs> I was trying to be in like a comedic role. So I mean, I, I think he did a pretty good job as well. I enjoyed his performance. I wasn't a fan of what they did with his character in a writing from a writing standpoint, but um, for the most part, I thought the performances, I guess, were fine. There, it's just, and there was also, I, I will say this, the action in the movie, like, it had a decent amount of action, just, I mean, because of the plot, 
and it wasn't shot horribly. Like I was like, you would expect a comedy like this or something that's not an action-driven movie to kind of be subpar when it comes to the action. And I don't think it was subpar. It was actually decent um, in, in, from an action standpoint. And that being said, I wasn't really ever... And I know your bar for these um, kind of movies is like, it's got to make me laugh. I mean, and I think that's a definitely a fair bar. But um, I wasn't... I wouldn't say that I was ever necessarily super bored watching this. I mean, it was always, like, something happening where you can kind of be paying attention and and be somewhat invested. Not super invested, but somewhat invested. I mean, I'm trying hard here to praise this movie, but, you know. Um, do you want to move into negatives? Okay, Michael Payne's character was a dick. He yes. was a huge... I, I really did not even like his character at all. Uh, really going into this movie I was very very annoyed with his character I'm just like yo why are you being such a douche to Dax Shepard and Dax Shepard is actually married to Kristen Bell who plays his wife who's cheating on him mm-hmm. so like I was kind of confused why <laughs> because I was just like are you guys hinting at something is there something going on in your no. marriage in your life? <laughs> I did not read that at all you're ridiculous I was like you guys um, going back like, to the Michael Penny like, thing Kristen, Kristen Bell you okay uh, Kristen Bell was really hot in this movie I'll say that but anyway um, oh <laughs> Michael Pena's character he this is what I was thinking the entire time I was watching this movie And this might be the best quote-unquote praise I can give this movie just because it's impressive, but it's not really a praise, it's a negative. Um, They were able to make Michael Pena unlikable. His character was unlikable. That is not a... And he's a protagonist in the movie. If he was a villain, then I'd be like, okay, sure, whatever. He was not a likable person whatsoever. And it's Michael frickin' Pena. The dude is like one of the most likable presences on screen today working today like if he's in a movie you're just you're generally going to be like yeah, i like that guy but he they made him unlikable how why it was horrible yeah, I mean, there was there were some instances where i was like okay like he's doing better like I, I don't think he's such a douche now and then he just went weird like there was a line like they were having like him and dax shepherd were having were having like a conversation and it was a really i'm not gonna get into it because it's explicit but it was like a very explicit conversation i was like Ill. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you guys? And um, it was due, also that's due to the script writing. Yeah. But uh, oh. And some of the characterization in this movie, like they would kind of uh, the character development, the way they would kind of uh, have these characters go from one place to another, right? That that's what I'm trying to get at. It, it was it was staggered. It was very staggered. It'd be like at one point he would say something very extremely rude and make him just a horrible person, and then in the next scene he'd be like, "Oh, I'm friends with you." And it's like, we didn't see any reason for him to go from point A to point B. You just show him at point B and you're like, that's not how this works. You have to show us that transition in some way, shape or form, you know? Um, so I, I just didn't like any of how that worked. Um, uh, the And and also uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's villain. I liked his character, or no, I didn't, I liked his performance, like I said, but his character, I, they tried, and this is, this is weird, again, because it's the opposite of what I'm going to, or what I said for Michael Pena, they tried to make him 
likable in a sense. Like they tried to make him empathetic, and you're, and it's like I don't want to empathize with the villain in this movie. I want to just dislike the villain and so go, okay, this is the villain. It's like they tried to give us a reason to root for him. I'm like, why would you want us to root for the villain? It, it doesn't. Because Michael Pena was a douchebag. Uh, exactly. Like it's like a double, <laughs> and it's like it's not even. Uh, it's not even like one of those things where. Um, you're trying to like like hell or high water where you get both sides perspective and you're like trying to make it so that there's no clear person that you're rooting for right that's not it wasn't the case here at all it's just like they clearly set him up or set Vincent D'Onofrio's character as the villain he is the villain of this movie period but they tried to give him an empathetic backstory it doesn't make any sense I that it's just story things like that character motivations like that drove me insane and then ultimately like you said there just weren't enough laughs it wasn't consistently funny like it should have been and like it needed to be um but ultimately i don't know do you have any other things that you want to talk about it was just a lot of stupidity on screen and it was supposed to be sort of like relatable and I guess to try to get like the mindset of like how guys talk or something mm -hmm. and how I guess you have that relationship. But I mean, I, I really didn't feel it like that. I thought it was kind of just I thought it was trying way too hard, way too hard. And they try to make Michael Pena seem like a sex mm -hmm. figure and it I don't I don't understand why. Um but anyways, uh let's just, I really don't have any other positives, man. And ne negatives was the biggest negative of all is that it, this movie just wasn't funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, you want to rate it then? Let's go ahead and rate it. Right. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and rate it a solid four. All right, I am gonna be slightly higher than you. Yeah, not, not too much higher. Um, I'm at a four point six. I don't think it's a. I don't really even think it's a bad bad movie. I I don't. I just think it's kind of. It's a very forgettable movie that has probably more bad than anything else. It's just... I just hate that they kind of showed like some of the funny scenes in the trailer. I don't yeah. know what's... Um, I mean, I, I, look, we're gonna get, we're gonna get, we're, whew, trust me, I'm gonna get into trailers when we talk about the trailers because people on YouTube are annoying the crap out of me right now. Okay. But um, I think for a comedy, it's just a, a little different... Um, because yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't show the funniest parts in the movie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, if you want to drop something here and there, that's fine. But don't don't drop like the funniest scene in your film. Just to, just don't do that. Fair enough. Because I'm gonna laugh, and then when I go, when it comes to the movie, I'm gonna be like, ha, oh, that's funny. Yeah, For, I don't know because th this isn't a movie that I'm going to be have. It's not going to be on my worst of the year at the end of the year. I don't think it will be. But it's oh, something see. that I'm just I. I I'm never going to think about it again. I don't know. I'm not you're gonna, probably going to forget. I'm probably going to forget gonna that forget. the movie exists, and that's a category in and of itself of bad. I don't know. We should have forgetful movies and then just go through our phone and be like, oh, yeah, I'll yeah, talk to forgetful movies. <laughs> <laughs> we um, need to do that. You know what? Free State of Jones. Very. I completely forgot that that movie existed last year. Dude, you just reminded me of that movie. Actually, <laughs> I had no idea about that. Yeah. See, but oh, again, sorry. I just it's just one of those things. I don't know. All right. Well, now we are going to move on and with our special guest TD from the Make It Take It podcast. How are you doing today, man? What's going on, fellas? Glad to be back on the Screen Fellas podcast. I'm doing good. A lot of content these last few days and weeks, so I'm excited to talk about it. 
Yeah, man, we haven't had you in the show for a while. It's been a while. It's been a good while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry about that, man. But things have you know moved around quite a bit. Um, I think Suicide Squad around then was the last time I yeah. jumped on talked some stuff. I think Comic Con actually. We did some Comic Con reaction yeah. and all that type of stuff. Um so yeah, I'm back though. I'm back. That's good. It's good to hear it's good to hear from you, man. Yeah. And now we got we got another like last time we were talking Comic Con and Suicide Squad and all that, so there's some variety and now we got variety again because we got all these trailers dropping and and then of course Iron Fist, so tons of stuff to talk about. Um you wanna start with these trailers, guys? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start off with uh Justice League. Yeah, dude. Um what did you think of the trailer, Ozzy? Look, the trailer looks nice. But big question is, is if I'm excited for this movie. No, I'm not <laughs> excited for this movie. Um, this is this is just another tease. It's just another tease. Just get me a little excited. And then to go into a movie and just walk out being, what, what did I just watch? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's kind of like... It's kind of like Transformers movies at this at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is a that is something. No, that's because a statement. look, look, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something. Carlos and I, Carlos and I really like the Transformers movies. Exception, he doesn't like the second or the fourth one. I like the first three. So I mean, I'm gonna say that Transformers has a better track record by like two movies. Dang. I mean, movies. I guess if you put it that way. But I mean, that's, probably, that's just fact. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys can go ahead and say, well, Ozzy, DC only has only put out three movies. But come on, they didn't even put out one good one. They didn't put out one good one. Come on, guys, you gotta you gotta help me out here. Let me help you out. All right, put one well, good one out, and then I'll be excited. All right. So, TD, what about just this yeah. trailer? <laughs> Well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta chime in. First okay. of all, I actually agree with Ozzy as far as the Transformers franchise goes. The first three, I'm game for. I own all three. Hey, see, I'm, I'm not irrational, and you know, obviously, I host a sports basketball podcast, and yeah, fandom, but it's just irrational. Uh-huh. I try not to be that, right? I can like a property or a movie or a show and still be able to point out his flaws and be like, yeah, I know it's bad though. I know structurally this doesn't make sense. This plot holes here and here, no character motivations. However, uh-huh. though, I enjoy the heck of the Transformers movie. So I own the first three, the fourth one, Age of Extinction, I was not on board with. Um, and then obviously, you know, we have uh, uh, the new Transformers 5 coming out. What's that one called again? Oh, The Last Night. The there last we go. Night, yeah. So, I, I, right now, the Transformers franchise is probably ahead of the of the DC universe, but naturally, you know the you know the movies, the DCU, DCEU doesn't have the library so far. But you know, speaking of library, let's just jump into the Justice League trailer. And for me, the thing that really stands out to me is, at first watch, it was exciting. It was definitely more exciting than. Um, I would say maybe the second uh, BVS trailer, if I recall, and this had you can go there, go, you can see they were going for the fun factor here. Mm-hmm. Um, Aquaman looks like the real deal. He looks like he's going to be a fun part of uh, of this movie. His character is sort of like a bad boy sort of vibe where he's not he's not just he's not like brute. He's not just a moody guy who doesn't want to help the Earth world or whatever he calls him. Um, he's just more so kind of like a drinker who's was kind of like you know, like you said, he digs it. You know, like that's his whole vibe. Um, so that was fun. The one thing that really stood out for me though is the difference between the first ten seconds of the trailer to the rest of it. Right, the first ten seconds is Bruce Wayne out somewhere in the mountains, and that's a 
you know, real location as opposed to the rest of the trailer where it's just all like CGI backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And I know Super Mario movie, you're going to have CGI costumes and effects and whatnot. But I think as far as the locations go, I, I it's just it's just kind of it kind of takes you out of it in a sense when everything you. Everything you see outside the first 10 seconds is not an actual real location for the most part. So that was kind of not necessarily troubling for me, but troubling for what I perceive the reception of this movie is going to be. You're going to have people who are just already tired of Snyder's visuals and the things he decides to do stylistically. They're not going to give this movie a chance. Yeah. Um, All right. Let me start out by saying I actually do like this trailer and I, I don't... There's parts of it that I don't like, obviously, but I don't love this trailer, and I can't tell if it's because I have my strong feelings about the DCEU so far, or if it's just because of the trailer. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm sorting through all those thoughts, but as of right now, let me start with the good. The good is Batman. I mean, he's great in this. Um, I actually kind of like, I know some people don't like his line. Some people do like his kind of jokey line about his superpower being that he's rich. I kind of like it. Not going to lie. Aquaman is great. I've been on board with Aquaman for, for forever. And now that I'm so happy that people are like, oh, Aquaman's like legit because Jason Momoa. Um, the Flash, I think, is going to be pretty cool. I, I actually do like the way that they're doing his powers. Um and I don't mind his suit. I know people are complaining about his costume too, but whatever. Um, but yeah, and then Wonder Woman. I think she looks better in and cooler in the actual Wonder Woman movie um, trailers. But in this, she looks good too. She looks like she's going to be kicking some butt, so that's cool. Surprised that we didn't see Superman, but also kind of happy that we didn't see Superman. Um, yeah, so, but other than that, there's... I mean, it's just, there's nothing in this trailer that I walked away from and was like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. You know, there was no kind of jaw-dropping moment for me, I guess. Uh, there were some cool moments. The the one, the one Probably the closest thing to that was with Aquaman um, on the Batmobile. That was pretty close. Um, but Yeah, I mean, I like, I like that yeah. moment. And then when he was throwing his... Um... I don't know what type of weapon that is. I'm I'm probably stupid for not knowing that. But when he threw that at the um, the when he threw it at the alien, yeah, to try. Sorry, yeah, to try it. When he threw it at the <laughs> when he threw it, I thought that was pretty cool yeah. too. What do you guys think about Cyborg? I think he looks so weird. You I, mean, think, I think he, he looks. He that, needs to be cleaned up. He that needs was. To be I was gonna bring that up. Um, <laughs> you, you mean CGI Borg? I mean, that's yeah. That's what he is. It's just like. Ugh. I yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> for, again, for me, again, superhero movie, and and I'm not one of those. It's hey, it's CGI, so it's no good. I like yeah, I said, I it. it's, yeah. the environments can you can help. You know, you can do some more with the environments with the costumes, for example. Let's let's start there with Cyborg, and you know, he's in the comics is kind of mostly half man, half side. You know, half machine. Here, it's pretty much just his head and the rest of. Yeah. rest of his frame is is metal and him and flash's costumes and the overall look and design of these costumes are just too like sharp around the edges for me so they're, not, they're not finely tuned it's not it's not glossy and i'm not saying you know go the other complete direction that look everything looks fine like fine armor like what iron man has but for me personally taste of mine is a little bit too sharp for me around the edges 
Um, I do like Ray Fisher though. I from what I've seen of Ray Fisher who's playing who's playing Cyborg, from what I've seen and the one line he delivers, he has a good voice as a stage actor, good presence, and apparently his whole deal with his obviously his his frame being cyborg is connected to the mother box, which is connected to the villain. So he's kind of like the heart of the movie, even though to the uh, pretty much the non superhero audience, he's probably the, you know, the, the least known of the group. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in seeing him just as a, as an actor in that role and, you know, seeing, seeing where that goes. Cause I think it's pretty interesting. One thing quickly on flash though, um, his powers are pretty cool. Yeah. Unlike the flash, we've seen so far obviously on cw show and and whatnot he um his his speed he disappears when he takes off you don't see a blur you know there's none of that going on he absolutely disappears disappears in that one quasi superhero stance that he that he he's in and then it takes off he completely disappears disappears in the next frame and then they do some stuff with slow-mo obviously from the behind the back camera so that's pretty cool and interesting I don't know how I feel about Ezra Miller, though. That's, that's still up for debate. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we haven't seen much, so it's it's hard. But I, I agree with you. Um, I've, I'm still excited about Ray Fisher's performance because, like you said, I mean, he's a stage actor, and that's, I mean, th- those guys are legit. So there's no reason to and, not be excited about his um, acting. Job. And he's so enthusiastic about this role, too. If you follow yeah. him and check out his social media account, he's all about his, his his role here is all about the uh, DCEU, and it's good. It's good to see guys having fun, you know, you know, being a part of this. That's that's something that we saw with Deadpool last year. Just the amount of not just you know the actual movie, but the marketing leading up to it, the the people involved, they were having fun with this, and that it's it's sort of like what we you know to relate it back to basketball, like what we saw with the Warriors last year, is where this team just looks like they're having fun on the outside. You can see it's obvious and. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, he's one of those guys who's involved in this project that just seems to be absolutely loving every second of it. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how he turns up. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I just I I think at this point I'm just like protecting myself emotionally by not getting excited for this movie. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm not excited. I mean, I remember. I, I think know. I remember. I told you when I saw the TV spot for the Super Bowl trailer for Transformers: Age of Extinction. I'm like, damn, this might actually be good. Because Mike Michael Bay yeah, makes, <laughs> yeah Michael Bay makes odd Transformers movies actually pretty enjoyable, and the even ones are considered to be horrible. Yep. And yep. and then I saw the last trailer in the movie theater where she's just like, "I fight like a girl." I fight like a girl. <laughs> a I was just like, you know what? This reminded me. Don't be excited for Transformers Five. Thanks, <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll say this though. I'll say this, and I know those lines are kind of corny and a bit on the nose. I'll say this though. That I forget her name, Isabella. I think is her first name. Um, she's a pretty good actress from what from what you see at that age. I wonder if um, Dude, she was surprised. considered for the Logan role. I mean, that wouldn't surprise I th- me. I thought I th- Daphne King was awesome, and I love that they went with her. She has that, you know badass look and feel to it but she um isabella from transformers seems like a pretty good actress too i wonder if she was considered i had no idea that she was even that old because she has a baby face so when i saw her running i was like she's a teen <laughs> what okay tell me that's cgi because <laughs> i had no idea i was just like what? no <laughs> i've never seen her before in my life so i was just like that's a kid right. she's like she's like she's like nine find out she's like 15 16 i'm like what 
No. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on <laughs> to the. Spider-Man I got to ask you a question though, Ozzy yeah. and, and Carlos, real quick about you mentioned the Superman not being absent in the show, yeah. and that's one thing I wondered about too. Going into watching this, is like, at what point does marketing say, "Hey, everyone knows he's in this freaking movie." We're doing ourselves a disservice not promoting Superman. As much as I think Cyborg could be cool and Aquaman and whatnot, Superman and Batman need to be the top villain, right? Like, that's from a marketing standpoint, you have to throw that in there. And I, I, from also from a fan excitement standpoint, too, imagine if the Avengers, when that first dropped, if Iron Man wasn't involved, right? And it just seems, it seems like a weird. Seems like a weird way to go into like the team up movie, and maybe it's, you know they're you know it's repentant for the sins that was you know Batman v Superman here with not having Superman involved in the forefront of this because for a lot of fans and even casual moviegoers, that might be a missed opportunity here. So I won't be surprised if he's in the next trailer. But I also I also wouldn't be surprised if they don't show him at all because he's not in the movie very long. Yeah, I think I think he's only gonna be I think they're gonna reintroduce him maybe in the third act. So I think it's going to be like a Power Rangers thing where they only have him in for like 20 minutes. How would you... Spoiler alert for Power Rangers. Jeez, I've seen it, so I'm fine. For, <laughs> for the same. Um, but no, but the armor... No, but I mean, I, it, like where like the where the character's only there for like 20 minutes. You know what I'm fair saying? Fair enough. Like, yeah, I, I know exactly where you're coming at. Um, yeah. I just, again, it's just... The first Justice League movie to be pretty much void of Superman is just... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's that's a tough one to sell. Yeah, but you, no, know, it, you know the comparison it, it, I would make, though? And I know you're not... Neither of you are super big Star Wars fans, but, I mean, going into Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, not having Luke in the movie... I mean, spoiler alert, I guess, for The Force Awakens. Um, Luke's in the movie for literally three seconds at the end. Like, and nobody expected that, and they didn't show him in any of the trailers. So, I, I don't know. I think it could be a comparable yeah, situation. But- I mean, I mean, Superman is one of the founding members of the yeah. Justice League. And though. Luke He's, is Star Wars. I, it's just, yeah, I think it's but Star Wars already has, what, 10, 8, 7, 8 episodes? You, you see what I'm saying? This fair is enough. the first Justice League movie. That's, yeah, you know, it's like people have been waiting for this movie. I mean, Justice League has been around longer. I'm going to go ahead and say longer than Star Wars. You know what I'm well, saying? Like, this is, yeah. this is like... Well, I don't know. I mean, this is... I don't know. I think so. Probably. But, I mean, it's... Um, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it might be weird, which I'm, I'm going to go ahead and agree with uh, TD here. It's going to be weird. So if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. They have to do it in a great way because I feel like they really screwed up by killing. Uh, by it messing wasn't up. time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't time. Yeah, to, to it play was that really. Part. It was really stupid to just throw that storyline in there. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it a tough one, but we could talk about that all day. So let's, yeah. Move, yeah. Let's, let's move on. Let's move let's, on to <laughs> the Spider-Man trailer, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, when does this movie come out? July, June, uh, July seventh, I think. Yeah, correct. Man, it's kind of sneaking up on us. I didn't realize it was that close to Guardians. Um, but yeah, this trailer was pretty cool. I I really did like it, and it th- there's a lot of cool stuff with um just Spidey being awesome, and I mean that's the stuff that got me excited. Just do uh Tom Holland doing Spider Man stuff, and. My problem is, and I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but I tweeted this as well. I feel like I saw the entire movie. Um, we got a lot of plot, and I feel like we got like first act, second act, third act of this in this trailer, and I didn't appreciate that. But I don't know. What did you guys think? Um, 
I mean, there are so many problems with trailers. This is what my rant was going to be about. I mean, <laughs> it's either, it's either, it's either, hey, they didn't show enough, or hey, they showed too much. It's and it's it's kind of like okay, well, like where's where's the fine line at this point? You know but what it I mean? is a fine line, it's, and that they have to hit it. And I, I just, I personally feel like I got too much in this trailer. Yes, I agree with you, Ozzy, on that. I, I agree. It's, it's, it's. It was they almost laid down two of the, two of the, you know, the beats of this movie, right? Yeah. You know, the start of it, and then you know, obviously saying, "Hey, well, I'm taking away your suit," and then him having to go back to the old-fashioned suit, which apparently plays a big part of the movie. I, I, I just don't know. I wonder. Again, in, in relation to the Justice League trailer now, maybe making amends for what happened in BVS, maybe just the way Spider-Man was introduced to the MCU where Civil War was already in motion and they were going to use, you know, Black Panther was going to be more prominent prior to the Spider-Man deal getting done. The fact that they shoved Spider-Man in there, by the way, I love Spider-Man in, in Civil War, it was great. Now they have to almost backtrack. So the start of this movie, he's already Spider-Man with a Tony Stark suit and now let's go back to when he wasn't that's you know the upgraded Spider-Man, and then now upgraded. It just seems clunky because yeah. if they didn't, if he wasn't involved in Civil War, then this movie can start with him just being basic old friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and then proving himself, and then getting the suit. And that I just that probably would have been more, uh, been more fine tuned. That is a good point. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that makes sense. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, but I mean, like I said, visually everything that. Everything that they showed in the trailer, every scene, everything like that, I was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. I just, I, I don't know. I personally saw too much of the story, and then, like you're saying, it story-wise, to have him go back to the old suit. Yeah, I, it's, I agree. it seems it's, clunky. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Ozzy, I mean, you seem to have liked this trailer I liked the lot. trailer. I mean, I liked it. I liked it because because it's, it's Tony Stark. It's Tony Stark having a, prod, a protege. You know what I'm saying? It's him... Which I don't know if he's earned that just yet, though, to be honest. Like, I I don't see Tony Stark as the, let me teach you. Obviously, he's doing it. But I I don't know if that necessarily comes all that naturally, which might make for some good conflict there. Because he might struggle with it. Apparently, Pepper Potts. And and I think that's the thing, because we see it it a little bit in the first trailer where Tom Holland's character, where Peter Parker's just like, I'm not a kid, you know, where where there is conflict there. And I feel like maybe Tony Stark believes that he's ready to take that on. Maybe he's not. Um, but I do like the fact that Tony Stark is is trying to make Spider-Man better. I, one of the one of my favorite scenes is when, and a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, well, what's Tony Stark without his suit?" And I'm just like, "Okay, apparently you haven't seen Iron Man three, <laughs> and second of all, you haven't he's seen rich, Avengers. To quote uh, that, he's man. a billionaire, <laughs> philly, billionaire playboy, philanthropist. Playboy philanthropist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, apparently you guys haven't seen anything, um, but." But I like that concept that he's trying to show Peter Parker, like, hey, you know, the suit's only something. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you wear the suit. You know, you're Spider Man. Like, you have to. You, the suit doesn't make Spider Man. You know, you're physically Spider Man. So I like that he's trying to teach him that because Iron um, Man, like Tony Stark, has, has has had to do it in the first movie and in the third movie. You know what I'm saying? Where he's had to really uh, make armor out of nothing, and then you know build something fancy and learn how to use it and be responsible. I really like that he's trying to teach Peter Parker Peter Parker his wrongs in it in in a way. I agree. So I, I think, think I think it will add to Iron Man's character. That's the one this is gonna build more in his character 
in in a unique way because it's not necessarily about him. It's going to be about him teaching, and I think in his teaching we'll learn more about Tony. You know? Yeah, so because I'm because interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, because Tony's Tony knows that he's made a bunch of mistakes. Yeah. And and he sees that there is potential in in Peter Parker. So I like that he says, "I don't want you to be me. I want you to be better than me." Mm-hmm. So I really like I, love I really that like line. that. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is a pretty cool, interesting thing to point out too, because in general, like a lot of people have said, yes, Marvel getting back Spider-Man it, it, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, Spider-Man is bigger than all the Avengers put together the, from the first Avengers in terms of merchandise, yeah. in terms of popularity. He's huge. So the idea was, is, you know, Marvel gets back Spider-Man. Spider-Man essentially becomes a new Tony Stark, but you know, but in terms of popularity, right. In terms of leading a franchise. However, though, the reports coming out today of the Sony producers essentially saying, Hey, we don't know what happens after the homecoming sequel. He might not be part of the MCU after that, right? I hate that. It's, uh, so, so again, it, it, that's up in the air. Again, that's a long, that's a long ways away. Just like you know, the the Raiders moving to Vegas. They're not moving to Vegas for another couple of years. Yeah. Um. But so that's a long ways away. But it's interesting to see that line again. It's like, yes, this could be the face of the franchise, so to speak. Um. In the in the soon soon in the future. Yeah. And- I mean, well, he's he's gonna be an Avengers. I mean, yeah. like the last, the last two Avengers. Infinity movies. War, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, those are gonna make a buttload of money. So I doubt, like, if if Sony's making their money off of this deal, they have no reason to leave because their right. film, their film, their film industry was about to tank. Yeah, it was about to, it was about to tank. Sony, was and then Marvel trouble. said, yes, and then Marvel said, yo, you know what? Give us a little bit of the rights, a Spider Man. And we'll still let you, you know, you can still be a, you can still be a ball player. So it'd be stupid for them to really say, oh, well, we made our dough. Let's just leave. Yeah. The one thing that makes me really nervous about it, though, is and the the thing that makes me kind of worried that they're actually going to do something stupid like that is all these rumors that they're going to start a new uh, they're going to have a Venom movie that's not in the MCU and it's going to be a standalone thing and they're going to make it rated R and it's just like I feel like they're going in a hundred different directions right now and I'm kind of nervous when I hear that I'm like maybe maybe it will I don't know I mean I haven't heard any rumors like that but I mean yeah again I mean well that's that's the Venom thing is real apparently Venom the rumors are real where it's it's a standalone um, away from the MCU, it's R-rated. It, it's so I, it, even during the amazing Spider-Man years of Garfield. Shout out to Garfield, man! I feel bad for him. I love yeah, that against same. just like Fisher. He was a guy who was enthusiastic and loved the role, and yeah, he was a pretty good Spider-Man. Got screwed over, but um, they were trying to set up spin-offs back then. You know, Sinister Six and whatnot. And yeah. we've heard stuff about um, other spin-offs with the female leads, which I forget right now. Uh... Still first. Silver something, I forget. Yeah, I can't top. remember. Yeah. Either. So, um, you know, you know, we've heard of, of those rumors as well. I, for me, I, the, the the other thing I'll point out. Let's just quickly go back to the trailer though. Is yeah. how much Tony Stark is going to be involved in action scenes and whatnot? Because you know, some people might be a little bit sick of Tony Stark. I know there's a chance here to see his character even grow a little further. I did think it was a pretty cool shot when on the ferry when Spider Man yeah. is trying to. Play together and tony actually shows up so there's, there's the one shot of tony pushing um you know the, the the ferry back together and then he also has like his little iron man almost like a little repulsive blast around the ferry 
also pushing it together from both sides. It's it's really I mean, Ozzy, I know you said you only watch it once. I caught this on my fifth view, and it's a pretty cool way of using seeing more Iron Man tech. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how that's gonna translate Spider Man. Yeah. Oh. I mean, look, when people say Oh well, there might be there might be a little too much Tony Stark, and this is again where I'm just like, well, what do you want? You know, Phase Two of Phase Two of freaking uh, of Marvel, where they had Iron Man three, Captain America, and Thor: The Dark World. Everybody was like, well, why isn't Tony Stark helping Captain America out? Like, why isn't Captain yeah, America they, helping, they, they, helping they, out? Yep. Helping that, that out. Why isn't yep. why aren't the Avengers going after Thor or against this thing? It's like, well, what what the hell do you want? What do you? Want? <laughs> I, I, like, like I th- you want all these heroes together, then, 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 then you don't, you don't want them together. Like, what do you want? Yeah, I think it's a lot of things. Like, in again, and once again, in sports, a lot of people are always looking for it's either this or this, as opposed to it is this and maybe some of this and maybe some of that as mm-hmm. well. Um, I think I those points are valid. I also think because it's Spider Man's first solo movie in the MCU, people are kind of like, well, let him do his own thing a little bit, right? Like. Because Marvel is finally getting the rights. They can finally do the story right. So I think you're seeing some of that pushback because this is Spider-Man's first outing. Let's say if this is a, if this is a sequel, I'm sure they're going to want like Iron Man and Captain America and more of those guys sort of cross over. Um, I think you're seeing a little bit of, a little bit of that. All I right. mean, I mean, I guess. I mean, it's just kind of – I'm just getting tired of people just wanting one thing. And then when they get it, they're just like – it's like, oh well, I don't know if I want that anymore. It's kind of like because I work in customer service, so I'm just thinking, what the hell do you want? <laughs> what do people want? They want, man. They think like and again, decide. And we just came off one of the better. And uh, Ozzy and I spoke about this. Um, actually, I mean, uh, Carlos and I spoke about this. Ozzy, I'm interested to get your take on Logan, where I thought Logan was fantastic, phenomenal, and that's a standalone. That's a standalone superhero flick, right? Yeah, and maybe we're more thirsty for that type of content now as opposed to the team ups because we're getting team ups everywhere these days. Yeah. You know, maybe it's some of that too. It's true. All right, you guys want to move into Iron Fist? Yeah, let's do it. Um, if we have to, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little preview of my thoughts on Iron Fist. All right, oh, sure. boy. <laughs> well, actually, let's start off. Um, we're we're mostly gonna go into spoilers, but let's briefly like. A couple sentences, your overall thoughts on Iron Fist, and if you would recommend it, Ozzy. Um, I think Iron Fist is okay. Definitely has problems, especially with, I'm going to say, one of his villains. Because I'm going to mention something there as soon as we get into it. Um, it's Overall, it's an okay show. Uh, when it comes to the controversy... Of who's playing the character? God, again, what do you want? Um, <laughs> I just, I don't understand. I really don't. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think it's a pretty okay show. One of the biggest questions of the show is, okay, since it's a, it's, it deals with martial arts. So is it going to be the same as Daredevil? Like, is it the same choreography? <laughs> there are some, some good scenes. And then there are some really bad ones. <laughs> so all I'm gonna say. All right. Well, TD, what about you? Well, Carlos, I want to hear your thoughts first, and I get into it. <laughs> all right. Sorry, I know I know this is how I usually do things, but if you, if you indulge right. me, please. Yeah, that, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, this is interesting because I see. This is why I try to stay away from criticism of of things like this before. Because now I'm going in as a, in a position of, is it that bad? And I hate doing that. But 
because I am, I'm going to go in with that position. And it's not as bad as people are saying it is. Is it up to par with the Netflix shows that they've given us, the Marvel Netflix shows? No. Um, and if you if you bear if you kind of like the Netflix Marvel shows, this isn't gonna this is not gonna win you over. Um, if you're a super fan of the Netflix shows and you loved um, all of Jessica Jones, you loved all of Luke Cage, then I mean, of course, this is exactly it's basically it might be a step down. You might even think it's just okay, but it's whatever. I think it's it's okay. It's just there wasn't anything super memorable about it. I'm not going to be really wanting to watch it again anytime soon. Um, I don't know. It's whatever. What about you, TD? I'm coming in hot, guys. I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. Um, I thought Iron Fist was terrible. I thought it was flat out bad. Um, there's no way of sugarcoating this. Right. I thought it was terrible. Um, so a couple of things real quick. Obviously, the casting um, controversy, right? And it, it, again, yes, because it's in today's day and age, people are going to speak up, which is fine. It's, that's what people do. Um, I would say this. If you don't cast an Asian American in the lead, that's fine. That's fine with me. But I almost feel like, and this is, goes for diversity in in TV shows and movies in general, right? To me, it's not just about the casting. Like add that into your storyline. You know, implement it into actual content, right? Yeah, if you if if the show if the show's cast lack, lacks diversity, that might be more representative of today's world than we're trying to than we're trying to you know to act. To, to act like it is right but have that be a part of the narrative right have those conversations and not just about you know off camera right so that's that, that that's where that stands for me right they, there was a missed opportunity here in terms of adding yes that that awkwardness of you know having danny rand obviously being white and they didn't get get into it at all so but that's besides the show quality right that's just for that controversy the quality of the show is terrible um the <laughs> fight scenes are awful there's a lot of just bland dialogue to get from point a to point b just to just to keep the story going for no real purpose um the from the very first punch thrown the the, the choreography looks terrible I and I, the way it, it starts up to me is he almost danny Rand played by finn jones it reminds me of a guy who played soccer with back in the day and you know he played soccer and if you go up for a header you know you jump up you you reach for the ball with your head and you, you sort of snap your neck going for a header it's a quick motion. It's very, very quick. However, this one guy, he was about to have his first like header in, in you know, this is probably like sixth grade or seventh grade. And he sort of stands, puts his arms by his side, and closes his eyes and like torpedoes his body towards the ball. Like it's like, you know, he was waking on the ball. It was like slow motion. And this is how the fight scenes felt in, in Iron Fist, especially early on. Mm-hmm. It just felt like Danny Rand was a step, step ahead because he was almost like focusing too much. And it's, it's just, it's not just his fault. Like, obviously, it's people that put him in that position. Apparently, he only had three weeks of training. Um, so, I, I just think, I think, it's, I think it's bad all around, honestly. There are a few bright spots, some characters here and there that are interesting. Um, but there's no bright spot that is a bright spot throughout for me. So, I'll, I'll put it there. I, I honestly thought it was bad. And I'll say this. There were two times I almost completely gave up on the show <laughs> around episode six or seven. And also... The very final episode with like 15 minutes left. I was, I was like, I felt so scorned. I was like, for you taking up my time like this, I'm going to repay you, Iron Fist, by not watching your final 15 minutes. <laughs> like, I just don't care anymore. 
But I just stuck with it, you know, for the defender's sake and, and whatnot, and I finished it. But I will say this. I loved the first Daredevil. Second Daredevil season was great as well, I thought. Not as good as the first to me, um, but still up there. Jessica Jones was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I did not love Luke Cage as much as other people. I thought it started off pretty good. I thought Mahershala Ali's character, Cottonmouth, was fantastic. And I think it, it loses moment, momentum through the final half. So I wasn't one of those that thought up until this point, Marvel Netflix was gold. I thought it was great with some few issues here and there, but I think this just absolutely just weighs down the ship. All right. Um, Let's go full spoilers now. Um, so this is your spoiler warning. If you have not seen Iron Fist, then, um, you know, don't listen to this. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, my my first negative, and I know we should be getting into pauses, but this is like, <laughs> this is something I just have to talk about. The hand. Look. Oof. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. This is one of the. This is honestly the thing that really pissed me off about this show. This is the thing that absolutely pissed me off about this show. Okay, because, because okay, I get it. You're not gonna bring Jessica Jones to fight the hand because she doesn't like. She doesn't know who the hell. She doesn't know who, who the hell they are. You're not gonna bring Luke Cage because he doesn't know who the hell they, who the hell they are either. Claire knows. Claire knows that Daredevil has experience fighting the hand. I like know. she knows. I was thinking like, it the entire seen, time. She's seen it. So, so my whole thing is when he's about to like when he's thinking about like, like when Danny Rand is like, oh well, I have to fight them all by myself. I'm like, okay, logically, let's get let's get Murdoch, let's bring Murdoch on board, let's get Daredevil. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking the season finale is going to be something cool, like where you're going to see Daredevil dealing with the hand, and then Danny Rand dealing with the, his personal issue. No, I'm just like, yo, this is so stupid. The hand is a part of daredevil's arc okay that's like that's like superman fighting joker and like as a solo movie you don't do that that's so (laughs) stupid um it first it it drove me insane and one of the things that really pissed me off was was claire because was because she goes up to danny she's like so let me get this straight you trained for not fighting the hand for no for, for fighting the hand and i and you haven't fought them before but i have more experience fighting the hand I'm just like, are you serious right now? Are you serious? Why aren't you bringing Daredevil on board right now? Why aren't you bringing this man on board right now? And it was just so stupid. That's the thing that really pissed me off about this show. It really, it really brought it down. And then I know people are gonna say, oh well, they couldn't do that. Yes, they could have. They did the same thing with Jessica Jones. We met Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, and then he left Jessica Jones, and then that's when he had his own solo series. But Luke Cage was first introduced in Jessica Jones. So we could have had Daredevil feature in Iron Fist. We could have had it. And it was stupid I'll, that they didn't do it. Yeah, good points there for sure. And and to start off with the hand, and during the season you get the news or the uh, the reveal that the hand has some different uh, you know, different sex within the hand. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a good side or a better side, and there's an evil side handled handled by the older lady uh, gal, I believe is her name. Um, I, 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 to me, honestly, it didn't feel like the hand and Iron Fist is the same hand we watched in Daredevil. The hand in Daredevil was for real. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were <laughs> no joke. The hand in Iron Fist, freaking Night Nurse, um, I've, uh, Rosario Dawson's character, I forget her actual Claire, Claire. is taking out the hand warriors. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, Daredevil had his hands yeah. full with those dudes, and then all of a sudden Claire is also out here with some brass knuckles getting in the game. Like, no. Like, everything you've told me prior to 
Iron Fist about the hand seems like a lie. Of, that's how I felt watching uh, uh, this the, the the hands arc unfold in Iron Fist. Yeah, and, and I just didn't feel like his. I'm sorry, Carlos, you can go. Uh, and the thing is, it was just my problem with the hand is that it was so convoluted. Like you have all these. So they're trying to introduce all these different sects. They never tell you like it, who's good, who's bad, and then they like. I, I still uh, like the the only I know I said that there's no reason like I don't want to go back and watch the go back and rewatch this. The only reason I kind of was like I kind of want to go back and rewatch the first couple episodes was because I want to see if it makes any sense that um what's her face the 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 love interest become like she's like part of the hand does any of those conversations now make sense because it literally comes out of nowhere and you're just like what and then danny acts like uh, danny's reaction to when she is revealed to be hand is and ozzy you're gonna appreciate this it is like cw arrow level reaction to somebody telling him something like it was horrible she was he was like you don't like you didn't tell me like well of course you, you're you've been saying this entire time that you're the mortal enemy of the hand and you're going to destroy the hand what why is she going to tell you it doesn't make any, like he reacted like and it drove me up up the wall I, I just the villains are really really bad in this in this show the only person the only the only villain i actually liked in this in this show was because we've seen her before was madame gal yeah i really liked it and i really liked the dialogue that she if you guys were looking for positive this is, this <laughs> is positive to get. um i really like the dialogue that she was having with uh with uh with danny rand in the office and also with um with claire because she had the balls to do something that no one on this show has ever done before. And that is say Daredevil. Say Luke Cage. And I really like that. I'm just like, okay, so thank you. Thank you, Madam Gal. That proves to me that you know these people. I'm glad that you do. Um, <laughs> as for the reactions, I dude, I was so pissed off at Danny. I was like, yo, man, you, you literally just said that you were going to like destroy the hand. Like, what you mean? How is she going to tell you that she's the hand if you said that you would destroy her? That makes no sense. doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. And... And I agree. Some of the fight, the fight scenes, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I think I think the very, the very the best fight choreography in all of Iron Fist is the opening sequence, like this, like the like the open of the show, the title card, not the for, you know first episode. I mean, like the, you know theme song. Like that's the theme that was the only time it looked cool to me. That was the only time it looked cool to me. And I watched, I watched that. I enjoyed that. More oh, than like eighty percent of the show. I am so actually. I'm you so know what prepared. I think the best fight scene was? It was um, and I mean the 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 scene with oh, what's that character's name? The the love interest, Colleen. Colleen. Colleen okay, Wayne. yeah, Colleen and her ex, who was like the leader of the hand, Bakudo or whatever. Ramon Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. I Transformer Two alone right there. He's a Transformers. He's a Shia LaBeouf's dude. Oh, I knew he looked familiar. All right, but anyway, <laughs> I actually liked their kind of their big fight. Um, I thought that one was pretty cool, and it's interesting that it's one that Danny's not involved in. I completely agree. He just felt everything felt so chore over like not even like oh that's cool that it's choreographed or whatever. Like it was kind of like you could tell like he was going through the yep. motions the entire time. Exactly. I, it's almost like a yeah. walkthrough. It was a walkthrough of the actual scenes. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a walkthrough before teams go out and play. They, you know, especially if you're on the road or whatnot, you don't have a food gym. You go to like a little office or whatever. Yeah. We did this in high school, and you walk through your plays. You don't actually run them full yeah. speed, obviously. 
That's oh. what every fight scene in this was like. Yeah. A lot, most of them, anyway. I think it was like the first or second episode where you see Danny Rand just jumping on top of a building. Can I, that looked horrible. <laughs> that looked oh, horrible. When he leaps the taxi. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, you almost like see the strings. Yeah. Was like, let's just look real. <laughs> and then you see his feet like moving really fast. I'm just like, what are you doing? You're okay. not fine, What do you guys think of the Iron Fist power, I guess, how they did that? I don't even, I still don't even really understand. Like how it, how it even happened. Yeah, because he's just like, I have to achieve my chi. And I was like, what the hell is chi? And then... No, it was Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I'm just like, what the hell is chi? He's just like, I have to achieve my chi. And then a lot of the stuff I felt like was so overly dramatized. And I'm sorry, man. I know you've been gone for like 15 years. But you don't start off saying, hey, man... I was gone 15 years. I was in an alternate dimension. So, you know, that's what I've been doing for the last, like, 15 years, learning from Kung Fu. That's not how you, that's not how you start a conversation. Yeah. That's not how you do that. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Dragon Ball is, is key or Kai, not Chi. My bad. <laughs> Fair enough. To their... <laughs> All right. Um, my bad. Okay. I'm one of the Dragon Ball people coming at me. Um, to, to get into, like, why I personally, like, don't hate this show, I, I just think it's kind of forgettable. I, I think that the story in and of itself, it, it is definitely too drawn out. Um, it takes way too long to actually get somewhere and to actually move from point A to point B. Um, but I think the story there is there. And that's why I was like semi like interested in what was happening. Now, at the same time, I don't, it just wasn't executed well. Like, it, it, even if the story is there, it wasn't executed well. I think it actually does kind of follow, if you broke it down by story point, it almost kind of follows the story, like the Daredevil ish storyline. Yeah, but it's still, it's, it's just not even, executed as well. It's, it's not like you got, you got Ward and, and Joy being a dick to, a dick to freaking, um, Danny for three episodes because they don't know if he's actually Danny. Yeah. And then she goes on to say, you look like Danny. And I'm just like, why would you say that if he's not Danny? It, it takes make too, any sense. Yeah, it takes too long for them um, to come to the conclusion then, that it's actually Danny. Yeah, and then <laughs> it, it's it's other stupid moments. Like, like you have Danny completely flipping out on Colleen because she's a part of the hand. And then, because it's supposed to be this big thing. And then you have a, comp- and then one of the lines he says is, how am I supposed to trust you again? And then she goes up to him, like, what, like an episode later? The hand <laughs> lights, they're bad. And then he's just like... Colleen, are you okay? I'm just like, what? You just said, how can you trust her again? What if she's lying to you? It's so disconnected. It is so disconnected. I'm just like, how How? How do you know she's lying to you, though, man? You just said, you just asked yeah. her that question, but now you just, what are you doing? Um, and what's his best friend's name? His best friend from Kunlun? Um, Davos. Fr- Davos, yeah. Davos yeah. seems like a douchebag. Yeah. He seems like a douche. Comes up. And he looks mad for no reason. Like, I mean, I know, look, I understand that the Iron Fist, like, left the freaking place, but you look mad yeah. about everything. Everything. Like, what are you yeah. mad about? And like, I, I didn't get, and they kept telling us that they were best friends, but I never gathered that they had any sort of previous, like, friendship. Like, it never seems like, like that. The, he's like the Baron uh, Modo to Iron Fist's Doctor Strange, yeah. essentially, right? This is sort of like his the origins of his sort of you know villainous turn. Yeah. Um. I think he becomes still serpent or whatever because you know you know he even though they're friends he envies Danny for being the one who 
who who is now the Iron Fist. Um, let's quickly go back. I didn't chime in on that though. Yeah. How they, I think, I think how they portrayed the the Iron Fist power was pretty cool visually. I think it was yeah. pretty cool. It was almost like a, a a better version of the extremists from Iron Man three, which is what about five, four or five years ago in mm-hmm. terms of production, uh, in terms of production time. So I can see why that sort of technology has been updated. Um, it was never explained though, really, like. How much? How long does he take to recharge? And you know, when can he use it? When can he use it? Like, I wish there was this. I wish there was this more about the actual power. It's, it's like, charged when his chi is charged. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great, and that's yeah. it. Um, it's so vague. Man. I yeah, and they never like. My first problem with it, he doesn't really do anything cool with it. Like he punches through walls. I'm like, okay. Um, uh, like, remember that was like the, remember like when that was like the first thing in the trailer that was supposed to be cool yeah he punched through a wall yeah the and yep. the coolest thing he does with it was when he punched the ground or whatever and everything like exactly agreed um, but other than that he just doesn't do anything and then like you said like he he loses it and gets it back at random times throughout the show they never explain really how he keeps yep. getting it and losing it and all this it just happens and also, I, they kept trying to go for this thing where he would get uncontrollably mad or something like that. It just came out of nowhere, and they never go... Like, I feel like they tried to explain it, but it just didn't make any sense. Like, they, like he would kind of, everything would kind of get blurry on the screen, and then he would get mad and start yelling at people. But they never no, go into that. Like, it just no, it kind of dumbest, happens. No, I think, you know, it was one of the dumbest things that I saw in Iron Fist? What? Was when... They tied him up, and then his friend untied him up, and then you see people walking back and forth. Like, wouldn't like why wouldn't you have caught him if he yeah. was supposed to be in chains? Like, <laughs> like what the heck? Um, <laughs> that was that was some really dumb moments. Um, one of the dumb things that I really didn't like was him wanting to be in control of his business because he was even he wasn't even in his business. I, well, I actually didn't mind how they did that because at first it wasn't about that, but then the Meachams kind of made it about that, and that that was actually one of the things I I liked in a sense was, see, I didn't like the Meachams' reaction to Danny coming back, but and I didn't like Danny kind of starting with I was training with monks and I'm the Iron Fist every conversation. Yes, but, it was just yes. so, it was so logical. Like. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> but I overall, if I look at how he reacted to being back, I kind of, I thought that that was an interesting. No, I mean, I like, show. I like the aspect of it, and I do like how he was trying to be at least a part of his family business. Yeah, that's a like I I would want that. My whole problem is, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna fight to be a part of something, and you're gonna put in so much effort as to get Hogarth, which is apparently the best the best lawyer in New York city. And then, and then you don't, you're not even there half the time. <laughs> yeah. Like that doesn't make, that's the thing that pissed me off. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't mind, like, I don't like the mediums cause they're being, they're being, you know, they're being douches, but at least, at least have him be present a lot mm. of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, you know, try to have him learn. So it was just kind of stupid. Um, yeah. How, and then and then and then he was just and then they made a huge thing about and he's over here just like hey you know we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna help your family out and I'm gonna do everything I can to help your family out. How are you doing that if you're barely not even there? Mm-hmm. You're not even there. Like it doesn't make it didn't make sense that the story arc was kind of 
just kind of blew up in and of itself because uh, he ended up just not really being there. And it was that, that, that annoyed the crap out of me. Yeah. Uh, TD, the what did thing... you uh, go, go ahead? Go, TD. No, no, go ahead. No, All right. Tee up the question. What, yeah. what did you think of the Meachams? That's where I was going to go. See? Oh, okay. Same Perfect. place. Um, I actually, as characters, I actually found both Ward and Owl to be fairly interesting at different points during the season. Um, I think how Ward ends the season is sort of like actually helping out Danny, obviously, for his own gain as well, trying to get rid of Howard, which I understand why. is You know, that guy or that thing, like I said, isn't their father anymore. Um, I uh, you know, I thought he was he, – he wasn't terrible. Um and neither was Harold. I mean, Harold at some point kind of is rudderless, and it's all over, he's all over the place. But again, I've you know found him intriguing. Like when he was on he was on on camera, it was like, okay. I'm listening to what he's saying. I do find the, the speaking of Harold, I do find the final battle to be absolutely terrible. Just, <laughs> just, just, oh my god! Someone made a good point of hey, you have a martial arts show, and your final battle was between is between. Um, the martial artist and a businessman, and I it's just—I thought the, so, I thought the same thing. It's why it. Oh my gosh! It was one so of the. It, it was really. It was really dumb that fight scene. Um, geez, Louise, that was really dumb. I just one of the dumbest things. I, I ended up liking Ward. I think that actor did a pretty good job with Ward because I first yeah. like I, I really liked one of my positives is Ward's character evolution because I liked how he went from. You know, being loyal to his father and and trying to hold the business up to really getting, and then getting an addiction to to heroin, and then at the end of the day, then he tries to help Danny. I really like his arc. I think that's one of the yeah. I think that's one of the best positives of the show. And then I do like Harold. Harold has some interesting. I do like some of Harold's lines, and I do like how the actor portrayed him. But one of the dumbest lines that he says is when he, he's killing Kyle, and he's just like, "Just shut up and die." I was like. <laughs> It's so cheesy. Well, yeah, so, so he's supposed to be because two seconds later he's sort of crying over the fact that he's dead and well, oh, oh, oh whatnot. He was again. He became bad by all means, and at that point, his you know his motivations were just seemed weird. Um, just his actions seemed weird to me all around. I know. Um, I do agree with you on Ward. The Ward is he. He does. If there's one shining light, he eventually becomes a pretty decent, solid character all eventually. around. And. Yeah, eventually. And the daughter's name, I'm missing her Joy. name right now. Joy, yeah. Um, and again, so for her as well, just like Davos, this is supposed to be like her, the setup to her becoming a villain, essentially. Um, she, I mean, she, she was just kind of there, to be honest. She, she didn't know her father was alive, and she was missing her father so much, and she finds out her father is alive, and it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real, that scene of like no. when she actually finds out. It just seems like, oh, okay. This is way too normal for you. You thought your dad was dead for all these years, and then you, you know it's alive, and this is how you react. It's just, it's so weird. Yeah, honestly, she had the, the same way. face for me the whole entire time. Pretty much, she got really pretty eyes, though. That's why I was just like, I, I, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I, every time she was on the screen, I was like, I could probably look at you all day, and you're really boring, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway. The wor- actually, that's the word I would use to describe not pretty eyes, um, but boring. I would use to describe the Meachams as a whole. I honestly found them kind of uninteresting for most of it. I agree that Ward kind of got interesting t- as we went along. Like, and his character decisions actually made sense. Like every time he kind of changed directions as a character, it was logical. It worked. 
Yep. But um, I cannot say the same thing for Harold. I was not a fan of Harold. I thought at times I was like, okay, this is an intro, like, because I didn't know if I could trust him or not. And that was an interesting place yeah. to be watching it. But he just goes all over the place as a character. Like, and when he dies or whatever, and then he comes back and then he's like wandering around. He doesn't know who he is. And he goes into the Rand building and starts to figure it out. And then the next scene, he's all back in his suit and he's, he's him again. Yeah. And it's just, what? That's exact. What? I found out to be interesting that episode when he's, oh, he's alive. And then he's, I, I thought, this is where I thought the, um, go, going into Iron Fist, right? Again, talking to Luke Cage, where I think there was a, there was a big tonal shift after, um, Cottonmouth left the show and, yeah. um, Diamondback came on the show. And I was hoping Iron Fist would sort of be, for me, I thought that shift in, in Luke Cage was one for not the better, for, for the worse. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping Iron Fist would be the reverse of that, where it starts off not so great, and then there's this big change, and it gets better. So I thought that was the point where things are going to change. And, you know, he seems like a different character. He's acting differently. But, yeah, to your point, 20 minutes later, he's back to being the same old Arrow. It's like, except he's even, he's more evil now, because that's what dying does to him. It comes and, back more evil. And more boring. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just I I really found the Meachams kind of pretty uninteresting as a whole. Um, I I don't know. Do you guys have anything else for this show? Oof. Um, let's see. I am curious to see how he you know he you know lines up with the defenders now because again I think not only is this show bad, I think it absolutely waters down what has come before. Like this. They messed up the hand and how big of a threat they seem to be in the Daredevil series yeah. to that. For crying out loud. I mean, you had Daredevil and Electra and whatnot, and now you had Danny Rand and Colleen Wing who was teaching you know, a bunch of kids and, and Claire with her brass knuckles or whatever those were, her claws. And again, Claire's even Claire's character took, took a big hit just by being involved in the show. I agree. Just, I didn't oh, like Claire in this, sh- in this show at all. I really didn't. Man collateral damage here <laughs> yeah, like it made it really made no sense for her to be a part of anything here and i kind of found her annoying like when colleen yes. and him are like trying to talk and then she's just like well trying to butt her way in and you I've shouldn't kill them and it's like i get that that's yeah. been her character thing the entire time like she doesn't like all this violence or whatever and the killing but it just it felt even worse like i mean i don't want to say even worse but it felt like it didn't work in this in this show. Like her just being like, "Don't nope. kill," like every once in a while. Like that's it. Like I don't know. That was all she was there for. Um, yep. It, it it's funny too because she has the line when they're trying to go to what was it Japan, um, wherever there is that we're flying to, um, to get Madame Gal. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, what's the plan? You're just going to bring her back?" And then, and she goes, "That's going to be one awkward flight." It, it just seemed like she was setting that up as. Oh, that's a bad idea. Don't fly. Don't catch her and fly all the way back. Cause I'll be random. But that's what they actually ended up doing. Yeah, <laughs> they catch Adam Gow, and then the next scene they're back in New York. Um, and that I found to be weird. The the the, the capturing of Madame Gow. Cause in the earlier scene, we see her show use her power and like just absolutely dispose dispo, you know dispose of Rand of uh, Danny. Yeah, what with- happened to that power? Exactly. What the heck? Like, like she that- pushes. Like you see him run to her, then she just waves her hand like, Get yeah. off me!" And then he goes up to her, and then she's like, "Okay, okay. all right, let's see how you are." <laughs> I was like, "What it's, are you doing?" <laughs> that, oh, it was so random. Like, because I, like, I actually, 
I got excited when she had powers. I was like, what? And I'm thinking no. she did. Yeah. I mean, she's like this old lady in a walking stick, and I, I think she used some of her powers in she Daredevil before. Yeah. I, I, this, you figure she has to have something, right? Like, something going on, and then she shows it, and it's like, oh, well, she's not to be messed with. And then all of a sudden, two episodes later, she gets captured almost willingly. It's like, oh, sorry. All my body gals are out, so, yeah, I'm captured. It's just... Oh my gosh! I had so many, I had so many issues with this show. So many the, issues. The, 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 I think one of the cheesiest things when he was fighting like the drunk, the drunk guy outside of um, Gal's heroin, like yeah. heroin operation. That was so stupid. And it was like a five minute fight scene. So I was like, interesting the story with him actually, um, with the, with that character. I forget. I'm trying to find his real name here. Um, he was so that character again. I hope I can get his real name. Ozzy, you can help me out. Or college can help me out with that. Is he actually um, auditioned for the role of Danny Rand? He actually he's an Asian American actor. He's a martial artist, and he would have done his own stunts. So he actually would have a you know he was a he auditioned for the role, and but he didn't get it. And then they cast him as the one-off villain in one random episode, similar to not similar to not similar exactly, but. Tom Hiddleston, uh, he auditioned for Thor. Obviously, he didn't get it. That went to Chris Hemsworth, and Tom Hiddleston ended up being Loki, which made more sense. Yeah. So that sort of setup happened here, um, but he was just used for like five minutes in in, in one episode. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, I think there's enough of interesting stuff that I wasn't bored necessarily watching this, but I... I mean, obviously, we I all have problems. I wasn't bored. I was just perplexed and frustrated watching. I yeah. kept watching. Um, and, and, you know, so at the end of the day, I guess I was intrigued or interested by something. And, it, again, just whether it was just to get through it and get to advantage, <laughs> it was interesting enough, but it was so frustrating. Yeah. By the way, uh, the character, the villain's character's name is uh, Louis Tan. Louis Tan was his name, um, the character, who, the, the drunken guy who was who also yeah. interested by uh, that was so random, uh, man. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. All right, you guys have anything else? Oh man, that's it for me at this point. I just uh, if we're dealing with the hand for future references after defenders, um, can can we add some people in there? You know. <laughs> yeah, I I've, again, I feel like they just killed off the hand thing, similar to what Winter Soldier did with with Shield. Where it's like, at least that was part of the story beat. Where it's like, all right, they dismantled, they dismantled Shield, Hydra, that whole deal. I don't know if, how I can take the hand seriously now. <laughs> Coming off Iron Fist, so hey, that'll maybe be it's tough. just maybe it's just a different sect of the hand, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was actually maybe, watching. Maybe it's the hand west or something. Or I was watching Daredevil the other day, and I was watching like the like the season, uh, like the season uh, finale of season two. And I was like, these guys are beasts. Like they are like climbing up buildings, they are katanas, mm-hmm. oh my banging God. through doors. Uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh. Like this <laughs> is some serious stuff. They were and cool. and then I get a drunken guy as a hand. That's what I get. That's what I get. Here. Oh man! I actually think that was one of the more interesting uh, choreographed fights, though. The fact that he was drunk and his yeah. whole idea was. Oh, I have to stay drunk because if not, 
you know, the monster in me comes out. I thought that was an interesting idea. It's just not explored. Yeah. As he, obviously, he's only there for like five minutes. Like, yeah. so the fact that he has to drink to almost stay somewhat I known. The, I think the yeah. fact that you remember that is amazing. Like, that's <laughs> your takeaway. I was, hey, I was looking and hunting for stuff to find that was interesting in this. Like, just interesting ideas. And that was one of the few ones. I was like, ah. I can go That's along with takeaway. that. The <laughs> intro, the intro, Carlos, is this takeaway is the best fight scene. And then the five minute character that we get. Yep. I don't even know what episode it is. Definitely, but... I was definitely more interested in him than Danny Rand. And, uh, it's just... oh All right. What's, what's next with Netflix? Punisher, right? Uh, next... Yeah. Well, Defenders. Punisher. Defenders. Defenders, first, right? Yeah. Oh, know. Defenders up first and then Punisher? Yeah, I think so. I still think That's that they what... really need to have a Blade show. I think that would be awesome. Um, right. But anyway, that was a side note. All right, well, <laughs> anything else or do you guys want to finish this up? Uh, I really I mean, I really don't got nothing else. I just All hope right. Defenders, uh, you know, really carries the weight. I... Um I hope Claire. I hope Claire goes. So finally, I've decided to introduce you guys. Um, it's been a while, <laughs> but here, here you guys are. Any there's Jessica Jones season two has been announced, right? Am I getting that right? I don't that know. Happening? Actually, it's been confirmed, but they haven't even done nothing with it though. I know. Oh, let's let's do this real quick then. Again, just going back to my sports background. Let's rank All right. the Marvel series top three around the room all right um i guess i'll start i i personally like daredevil season two better than one so i'll go season two of daredevil then i will go oof i guess jessica jones then daredevil season one they're all pretty close together i love all three of those then luke cage then iron fist okay i would go number one for me i think is jessica jones in terms of all around story and payoff. I felt I felt the most payoff with Jessica Jones. I, I the, you, you can talk to me tomorrow, and I'm, I might put Daredevil season one ahead of it. But I think Jessica Jones at the top. Um, I think Daredevil season two had like the most like high stakes and and whatnot. And obviously, with the Punisher involved, and it had the most action. I think. But I'll go Daredevil season one as my number two, and Daredevil season two again. For for those three, it's all pretty close, but yeah. I think Jessica Jones at the top. Luke Cage is four, and then Iron Fist is sixty uh, eighth. <laughs> I just I just looked up, <laughs> <laughs> and that's me. I'm not being nice. <laughs> I was like literally looking through when Jessica Jones season two was coming out, and then I hear Iron, Iron Fist is sixty eighth. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is crazy, oh, TD. So um, Oh boy! Uh, just for before I uh, rank my my um, my top four, or whatever. Uh, Jessica Jones season two is coming out in twenty eighteen. Okay. So I think it might be the beginning of twenty eighteen or something like that, but it's coming out next year after Defenders, I believe. Um, which I'm excited for. I miss Jessica Jones, so uh, definitely excited for that. But I'm gonna go ahead and agree with Carlos for the number one. I think season two of Daredevil is is better. I mean, you got Punisher in there. Uh, I really do, and I, one of the best things about the season two of Daredevil is just the pure dialogue 
with the exchanging yes. between the yes. Punisher and yes. Daredevil. I love it. When they're on the, the, the one scene on the dock where Daredevil yeah. is tied up with chains is better than anything in Iron Fist. <laughs> Entirely. It's like just being honest. It's so good. It's well acted too. Yeah. And then uh, season one had Wilson Fist though, and that that was that was you know that was kind of like the, you know. And that's that's the how, thing. I mean, yeah. I, Wilson Fisk was a fantastic villain, fantastic villain. And I think season two followed up again with another fantastic villain, which we got the, we got more of the hand in this one. I think the hand was briefly mentioned in season one of Daredevil, but um, they they were full on here and i really do like the chemistry that um that daredevil has with electra and i like the fact that we kind of got we the people who were hoping for him and karen to get together we, they got that i hope they i hope they explore that a little bit more though before they do the full-on electra and daredevil thing because mm-hmm. uh yo to be honest as far as I'm, we know karen is going to be involved in the punisher show so i think because she, she obviously that, yeah. So she's going to be involved because she, you know, she had a lot of um, screen time with uh, uh, Punisher. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely. But um, What's your number two. So the uh, season one of Daredevil, okay. then Jessica Jones, then Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist. All right. Interesting. All right. Well, this has been a good discussion about a bunch of different things. We talked some trailers. Um, somehow Transformers got in there. Uh, we also talked uh, We talked Iron Fist. It was just a great conversation. TD, thanks for joining us. Um, where can hey, people find you me, on social media and tell people about your podcast as well? Yeah, I'm at Producer TD on social media, as it sounds, at Producer TD. Uh, make it take it the podcast. Uh, we do NBA talk, myself and my co-host, Law Murray. Um, and every now and then, and hopefully more during the summer, during the summer uh, blockbuster season, we'll talk some movies as well. Superhero movies, what we sort of specialize in, uh, sort of have some co-hosts, which Carlos, you've been on. And maybe next time I can get both of you guys on and talk, uh, talk some uh, more superhero content. So, uh, yeah. Check, uh, check us out. Especially, you, you should be talking about Pirates of the Caribbean when it comes out, man. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely will be talking. Let's see what's out next. Guardians is coming out for sure. Transformers is coming out. Um, I mean, it's, it's man, it's going to be a big uh, summer movie season for sure. I, well. I'll say this, though. The, the next big superhero movie that I'm personally excited for, that I think has a chance to do something, do what Logan did in terms of just being so different and something we've never seen before is Black Panther. And that's obviously early 2018. Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited to see what Ryan Coogler and, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B and all those guys put together. Cause I don't think that's something we've, we've never seen before. I know that filming right now, there's some scenes going on in, in some parts of Asia, some car chase scenes. I'm, I'm really stoked for that in terms of how different that should, uh, that should be. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we're actually going to throw it over to the Rebels recap to finish out the episode. But Ozzy, where can people find you on social media real quick? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Castro Ozzy. And then also on um, if you guys have any questions, any anything like that, any topics that you want to discuss with me, you can message me on um, email me at Ozzy.Castro at Yahoo.com. I mean, at uh, ScreenFiles.com. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this discussion. TD, for, thanks for being on. Now we will have the Rebels recap with Jesse and myself.
Alright, and we are back with a final Rebels recap for Season 3. Here to uh, cover the finale this week. Um, the hour-long finale. Uh, what was it? Zero Hour. Zero Hour. Yeah, I've got the episode pulled up, but not the title. That's, <laughs> that's a shame. Uh, but anyway, I've been telling Carlos all week since we watched it that um, I have a lot of feelings. And I think you have a lot of feelings, too. To to an extent, I don't know. I think I have I, more feelings. Yeah, definitely. Just <laughs> I'm, I'm fully aware that this is going to be a lot of your thoughts in this episode. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to rein me in. I think everyone's going to be like, okay, let's move on. All right. Um, so anyway, let's start with a quick recap before we get into some discussion. Um, part one uh, opened with uh, Thrawn landing on Lothal and uh, explaining to Tarkin that uh, he knows that, that the rebels are planning on attacking Lothal and taking out the Tide Defender base, our production factory. And, um, yeah, he wants to put a stop to it. And all is, um, Callus has been listening in on this conversation, and he's about to broadcast it to the rebels and gets captured and tortured. Yep. By Maul and the Death Troopers, which was... Uh, the, what? Not Maul. You said Maul. Oh, Maul. Gosh, Maul. <laughs> I'm hung up on Twin Suns. Gosh. Uh, great Thrawn, episode. Great episode. Sorry, guys. He gets tortured by Thrawn and uh, his, and the Death Troopers. Uh, same ones you saw with Orson Krennic in uh, Rogue One. So it was nice to see them again. Yeah, definitely. And I, we knew he was going to get caught. I figured it would be in this episode. Um, oh, yeah. Just because stuff had to finally start happening in this episode, you know? Right. Um, maybe not enough, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I think it was very effective because this is a character who we don't think about kind of his character arc a lot. Like, that's not something we talk about too, too much. But it's I think it's been a very well done character arc um, with Callus. Yeah, I, want, I mean, I'm assuming he didn't become... A rebel sympathizer until his episode in season two when he was, was stranded Zeb. on that planet with Zeb. But he yeah. might have been working with the rebels the entire time. Maybe I don't know because I I did really like I felt for Callus and oh, I was like yeah. like and he's just si- seeing him fight with Thrawn. I'm like Callus is actually a pretty cool character. And he's kind of which is so crazy because he was a pretty generic villain back in. Um, season one so right and i wonder if they had this plan the whole time I don't or know. But if they That's just came up with it but um i thought it was really neat how uh thrawn used callus's transmission to finally pinpoint where the rebel base was he kind mm-hmm. of triangulated that uh so it shows that he hasn't just been putting this off but he's actually been um saving this for the right moment to uh really take down Th- uh take down the rebels when he needs to mm-hmm. and it was also really nice to me to see like Callus and all his elite fighting style couldn't stand up the Thrawn. Like yeah. he even like tried to surprise him by throwing a stormtrooper helmet at it and at him, and Thrawn just grabs it and smacks him with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the rebels get part of the transmission, but not all of it. So they uh, they continue with their uh, setup and all that stuff, and wait till uh, Dodonna, Admiral or General Dodonna, shows up with his fleet. Uh, you'll remember him from. From Rogue One and more so from uh, A New Hope. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Really struggling with names tonight for whatever reason. Uh, But yeah, Dodonna was uh, the one that actually gave out the Death Star plans. uh, Told them how they were going to attack it Mm -hmm. uh, in A New Hope, if you don't know who that is. And um, 
yeah, the fleets converge, and then all of a sudden, the Imperials are there. Yep. And, and that's basically the rest of the two episodes, really. It's just this battle, and uh, some of the, I mean, yeah, it, Sabine comes at one point. They try to get the Bendu's help, just... Yeah, the Bendu's help isn't really good. They um, use an interdictor cruiser, which up until now, I think, was only Legends. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that prevents a ship from jumping into hyperspace, and I really like how they buffed it up for the cannon stuff, because in Legends, it was like a small, pretty weak thing that only had that one purpose. This thing was huge and had big guns, <laughs> and it was great. And then we got to see one getting taken down, so now Commander Sato is dead, even though he's been leading the Rebels for the, from now on. Mm -hmm. Or from up till now. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if Hera's going to take over next season. I can see that, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the rest is pretty much a battle. It's a really great battle sequence. Yes. Like going back and forth it, between up in space, and then they, it turns into a ground battle yeah. between some walkers and all that stuff with ATATs and all that. I have absolutely no problem with the execution of this episode. No. Ne um, ne neither part. Part uh, one or two. Yeah, or yeah, like we'll just take this whole thing as like one whole thing. But it the like you said, the action was great. The entire war scenes were just fun to watch. It was very entertaining to watch. It really was. Yeah. Um, you got to see all your favorite characters kind of in action, doing all their just awesome things. Uh, you you got to see our two Jedi in action and. The Bendu, when he actually did something, kind of looked pretty cool, I would yeah, say. Yeah, he became a freaking thunderstorm and yeah. was taking down spaceships with it. Um, yeah, and then his ultimate kind of, uh, I guess, discussion, would you call it, with Thrawn? Or um, confrontation with Thrawn? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, just, it, it, that was a cool moment, I think. Uh, yeah. I also really liked, um, the Bendu in this episode was really interesting, because... Yeah. Uh, Kanan goes to him for help, and Bendu's like, no, the, mm -hmm. I am the one in the middle. I don't take sides with the light or the dark. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, great. They're going to give some speech, and he's changed him to just the light side or some mess like that. And no, he stood his ground and became mm -hmm. just the middle. He ended up s saving the rebels when they got captured by Thrawn mm -hmm. towards the end of the episode. And then uh, as they were, the rebels were flying away... He turned on them and started taking down some of their ships, too, because mm -hmm. he stayed in the middle. He just wasn't going to have this war on his planet. He was going to drive them off. Um, but, yeah, he and then he predicts Thrawn's defeat and disappears, and boom, end of episode. Let's talk about the prediction. What yeah. Do you, where do you think that's come? Do you think, like, what do you think of the prediction, I guess, just in a broad sense? I mean, I think it was unnecessary. Uh I mean, we know Thrawn's not going to win, uh -huh. unfortunately. Um, so you don't, you didn't like it. I no, I didn't like okay. it. it. It pointed to to me the the prediction also points towards that the rebels are going to defeat him, mm -hmm. and I don't think that's how Thrawn deserves to go down. Thrawn is a freaking super genius and super tactician, mm -hmm. and the only way he was killed in the in Legends when in his original character that this this throne is based off of uh was by being betrayed by one of his own bodyguards like it, no they couldn't bring him down from the outside he had to be destroyed from the inside mm -hmm. and i honestly kind of thought callus might do that but then callus got discovered and that's impossible um yeah i don't know they could still set up for that i don't know yeah they could but uh, it wouldn't really be i don't know what about you i i didn't mind the 
kind of prediction or foretelling or whatever whatever you would call it. I I thought it was pretty good. I thought the um I I just did they give much detail? I don't think. No, they just that, yeah. just, that, that, that was pretty good. They just predicted that Thrawn was going to be defeated. Yeah. I don't know. I would have preferred to give like them give vague kind of a little bit some vague detail so we can kind of be like, "Oh, what does this mean?" But you're I guess you're right. It's just kind of like unnecessary, but Yeah. I, I also kind I didn't of, mind it watching it. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of thought that bringing in the Mandalorians was a little unnecessary. Uh-huh. It was cool to watch, but I mean, we know they're not part of the Rebel Alliance, that's, so they just helped with this one battle and then went back to their civil war. That's where I am as well. I, It just doesn't make any because now you have to you put yourself in a place where now you have to explain why they aren't there for the rest of the movies. And, and they kind of did, but by saying they have to fight their own civil <clears throat> war, but why did they even bother coming to this one battle? No, we can't afford to do it. Exactly. It's like every time you do something like this, you force yourself to kind of have to go back and, and or in the future, put something in there to explain it. Yeah, I mean, if it was just Sabine and Finn Rao that went back, the mm-hmm. ones that have experience fighting with the Rebels, then yeah. that would make sense. Yeah. But a whole squadron? No. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Um, so... Let's go with the complete lack of a certain thing in this episode. Any sort of lasting effect. That's what I'm saying. Yep. There was no... No one died. That is not a good thing. Uh, In every season finale up until now, there has been some major thing that has happened that has left a lasting effect. Last season, it was Ahsoka dying. Before that, it was finally defeating the Inquisitor. The bad guys in this one uh, lived. Kanan didn't die. Uh, Ezra didn't die, um, and then nobody, nobody significant died on the good guy side either. Thrawn's still there. Um, uh, Governor Price is still there. there. Neither side really got affected that much from this battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. That's why I said like execution wise, this episode is fun to watch. It's entertaining. It's one of the more entertaining episodes of Rebels. But I just there was no consequence there. The, like. We need, I mean, as horrible as this sounds and as depressing as this sounds, we need a character death. Yeah. Period. Well, I wanted Kanan to die, especially with that little talk that he he and Ezra had at the beginning. Like, you haven't taught me everything you need to teach me. Uh, I've taught you all I know about being a Jedi. Yeah. No, you haven't taught me enough about life. I was like, oh, good. They're setting up for Kanan's death. That'll leave a lasting impact on Ezra and the entire crew. But no, he's still, he's still there. Mm-hmm. And we know Hera doesn't die in the entire series because she's still there in um, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, yeah. I'm sure they'll leave some of them a lot, but we need, like... We need consequences. Yes. There is no yes. consequence right now, and Something. that's not good. Unless we get to, like, episode one of season four, and they just... I don't know, somebody just gets murked then? Yeah. Then, yeah. I, do you think that the... I mean, as... I, I loved last week's episode, and I loved the way the mall ended. But do you think now not having a lightsaber wielding or force wielding villain is going to kind of slow down even even further the kind of development of those plots of Kanan and Ezra? Unfortunately, I think it will. Yeah. Um, now, but they're running anything, out of time to be slow. Exactly, and if, if anything, Legends has proved that that doesn't have to be the case. When Thrawn was first introduced, there was no Sith, no one that wielded a dark a lightsaber 
was a villain when Thrawn was first introduced in Legends. But uh-huh. it showed that a normal person without the Force could still compete with the Jedi and could still almost defeat the Jedi, mm-hmm. e- even defeat the Jedi. He, he defeated Luke multiple times in battle, yeah. uh, whether that was in space or hand-in-hand. Hand. And we're not seeing that here. Mm-hmm. Well, We see him, like, he gets so close and then gets defeated. Yeah. And, right. But there's still no lasting consequences. Uh, well, my last question for you, I guess, um, and then I, I don't know if you have anything else, but because I want to say that we are set up from Rebels now for next season to be like the one where we're, we finally start to get some kind of lasting consequence. But at the same time, I feel like we've been saying that for two seasons now. Yeah, we thought that was going to be this season. Yeah. So do you think that that's actually like, I mean... Ultimately, they've said there's one, maybe two more seasons of this show. They're running. They're literally running out of time. I don't know. They have to start killing people off, right? Right. So it has to be next season, right? We have. I I really hope so. I mean, these people can't survive. Yeah. Luke is the last Jedi by the time we get to the Empire Strikes Back. As certainly by the time we get to um to Return of the Jedi. I mean, you could make the argument they might still be alive, the Kanan and Ezra might still be alive in A New Hope, but I don't think even that. It makes Yoda a liar. That's, exactly. That's so, my point, and it will always be and my he, point. And I don't think he's a liar. Yeah. So, I, I mean... A I liar or ignorant or unaware. And he's not ignorant, because he, he's yeah. aware of Kanan and Ezra's existence. Exactly. So, they have to die, and we're just waiting. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything else? Um, not so much. Uh, we have Star Wars Celebration coming up here in a few weeks. So, uh, I'm going to a panel where, uh, Timothy Zahn, the creator of, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn in Legends, uh, will be speaking and he will be, he is writing, he just, he wrote the new canon book, uh, Thrawn that will be coming out here in just a few days, actually. Yep. So uh, hopefully we'll have more input on that and some backstory on him to give you later. Yep. And Celebration is getting closer and closer so be on the lookout for all of our content regarding celebration um we'll announce stuff as we get closer to that well jesse where can people find you on social media you can find me on twitter at colonel swink all right you can find me on twitter and instagram at cheery456 make sure you follow us all over social media all at screen fellas thank you guys for joining us for this episode and thank you for joining us for the rebels recap peace only different in your mind.